0: Oh, I just didn't get enough of it. Or I wish I had more of it. Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Yeah, I know. Maybe the first thing that comes to mind is money. But what about sleep? And you go, what's going on? We want to talk today about sleep. Receiving department, 3 a.m. Staff cuts have socked up the overage. Directives are posted, no callbacks, complaints. Everywhere is calm Hong Kong is present, Taipei wakes up,
1: the talk of circadian rhythm. I see today with the newsprint. Pray my night is colored. Had a great day.
0: Sleep issues and sleep disorders, how this affects us from an emotional point of view, perhaps relationships, health-wise, what does the lack of sleep and how much sleep should we have? Now, we live in an area and an age where schools are asking the same question for our kids. Some schools have actually changed their start times to start later because for kids in middle school and up, it seems to make a difference if they are getting more sleep, so they're starting school later. How do we manage sleep and what really constitutes a sleeping disorder? Sam Kelly's in the studio today, Sam.
2: I feel like the poster child for the subject really... When you say a sleeping disorder, that sounds big. Yeah. When do you know that this is actually something that is a disorder and when is it just something that we all deal with in a we society do. like this schedules like this jobs yes. it seems like it kind of crept up on me you know where right. I, I had it a few times and now it seems like it's very regular that i get maybe 5 hours a night or 6 hours a night and they're not great hours of sleep is and that does typical that do? for people yes. yeah
0: well to answer your question i need to tell you that i once worked in sleep research I was an assistant in a sleep laboratory at the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. Now, I was the assistant that had to stay up all night. (laughs) (laughs) How was that? (laughs) You know, helping the sleep researchers. But what we know about sleep is that we do have a certain number. It's very rare for people to be able to succeed over the long haul and not get enough rest. So it does impact us, Like you said, well, what's a sleep disorder? Right. Well, we all have times or seasons and maybe three months have passed and you go, wow, I am really, really struggling. And maybe it's longer than three months. Mm -hmm. And you go, okay, I go to bed. It says 1030, it says 11 o'clock and I lie there and good grief, I don't go to sleep. I don't know when I go to sleep. And the person that has tried everything. Mm-hmm. Now we work with individuals who come to see us for depression and anxiety, and most of them have sleep issues.
2: Is it because of the sleep that they have depression, anxiety, or is the sleep an issue that comes from? Isn't
0: that the, the question? What started first? And I think it can go either way. Sometimes a lack of sleep, and there are body chemistry issues that could really cause that to be Mm -hmm. there is something called those circadian rhythms that's the internal clock you may have noticed how well yours works if you're a person that each night about the same time you go oh it's time for bed i feel tired and you go to bed and perhaps you set an alarm but you always wake up before your alarm Mm -hmm. you have these rhythms or your body does your body is trained we've had that experience where maybe you've been in a pattern of this and you always wake up five minutes before your alarm goes off you go how did how did i do that
2: And does that mean that you're just particularly efficient?
0: Well, it means you've trained your body. For better or for worse. Yeah, well, the good news is if we've trained it to operate that way, we can retrain it if we need to. I I like that. I want to talk about that today.
2: Yeah. What about, you mentioned this earlier, someone who falls asleep right away, nice, this is me, go to sleep right away, and maybe three hours later or four hours later, you're awake, you're wide awake, like you could start your day Right then. Yes. Do you have very many people who have something like that going on?
0: Yes, and it feels like adrenaline is rushing. Yes, yeah. They yeah. go, oh, I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. tired,
0: but I'm wide awake. Yeah. And it's a really a mixed up feeling.
2: <laughs> it is, and it's, it's, it's challenging too if you only have six or eight hours as, you know, where you can sleep yes. and you waste one or two of those with that adrenaline rush.
0: One of the things we always need to look at is am I suffering from some anxiety? Mm-hmm. Anxiety over time, and this is that anxiousness, it will wake you up during the night. And you, So you need to look at anxiety. Am I anxious? Is there a theme in my life that keeps repeating that I'm just anxious about? Is it the future? Is it a loved one? Is there something that I'm anxious about? Now, there are some anxieties that we pick up and carry that I don't believe we need to. You may find that I've just learned to worry, and I'm worrying about things I can't fix that night anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you may have trained yourself. Okay, I let down everything. I can find at the end of the day, I'm laying in bed. Now this is when I allow myself to think about everything that's unfinished.
2: Right. The only time you slow down. Oh,
0: yeah. It's the only time I slow down. Now I'm just thinking about all those things I didn't do. And then here's what happens next. Watch for this. Self-doubt. Oh, I'm not being a good enough mom or dad. And and you start to have self-doubt. If I would have only, oh, I should have got all that done today. And you start recycling a lot of thinking that really is negative, but it keeps you awake. Making a theme of anxiety to just run through your body and your mind. So we need to retrain you. If there's loose ends from the day, those need to be jotted down at least an hour before what you determine as a bedtime. And if you need to have an action, what I'm going to do the following day to address these things. Now, some things are ongoing. Maybe I'm going to put next to those prayer or God, thank you that you're working and I am trusting you. There is something to be said about trusting God for our sleep. Here's some good news. God never sleeps. (laughs) He's working while we sleep.
2: So we can. How is your sleep? Has it been rough? And is that something that you've just gotten used to over the years? On Life, Love & Family, today looking at getting you a better night's sleep. And if you ever have questions, our, our great resource here is the Center Place of Hope. Here's the phone number, 888
0: The scriptures talk about a sweet sleep. What is that? Something that is rewarding, renewing. And we're told and we have a promise that God's mercies renew every day. He doesn't sleep and we need to. <laughs> If I wake up in the middle of the night, what, what am I supposed to do? Well, one of the things we want to look at is, is there a reason why your body physically is waking up? And by that, I mean, do we have something called sleep apnea? Do I have obstruction in my breathing? And another issue related to sleep apnea, is: is there a malfunction in my brain so that I actually stop breathing and my body wakes up? So we need to look at what are all the possible causes? sleep apnea is much more common than what we realize it is. And there's wonderful ways these days to address that. Now, I would suggest if you wake up and go, well, I'm waking up at two o'clock in the morning, the last three nights, what is going on? I'm cautious to say, some people say, well, you know, God's waking me up. I don't know. I'm going to be careful about reading into what this means. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, when you wake up and you feel like, man, I'm, I'm awake, I want you to go and get a glass of water. And I want you to Take 10 minutes while you're there in in whatever state you're in and quietly write what is on your mind. And by your mind, I mean, what did you wake up thinking about? Uh, What was immediately on your mind? Sometimes people say, well, I was having a bad dream and I woke up. Do I have a theme in my life of having bad dreams? People say, sometimes I have a recurring dream and it wakes me up. There's times that this happens. There's other times we know that God wakes us up and there's something that's really clear and it's usually something that it's positive. I don't think God wakes us up to increase our anxiousness in our sleep. I think we, we can do that to ourselves. We also need to remember that from a spiritual vantage point, that if we're worn down with lack of sleep, we're gonna experience self-doubt and fear. We're going to feel anxious. We're going to feel fearful. The enemy uses fear to create havoc in our life. I think we need to look at, that's really not from the Lord, the anxiousness. So what is out of order in my life? So you're going to spend 10 minutes and just going to write, what's the first things in my mind? Keep a little journal. After 10 minutes, I think it's important to remind yourself, I'm going to go back and I'm going to rest. And it's okay to go to sleep. Sometimes there's such a forced mental, uh, okay, it's three in the morning. I just woke up. I'm so upset. I have to get to sleep. Mm -hmm. And, And you're upset about it, understandably. But the more that you invoke frustration and anger around it, probably the less likely you are to go to sleep. But if I jot a few notes down, 10 minutes have passed, and I just tell myself, I'm going to go rest, and it's okay to go to sleep. And I don't want you to be angry at yourself or judge it. Sometimes people will wake up, and it's very clear. You're angry at a spouse, or you're angry, you're waking up angry. That may be a sign, hey, I need to deal with something.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there sleep that is less deep than other sleep? Like, do you find people who come, I know, at the Center Place yes. of Hope, you treat a lot of different... Things that people deal with right. now do you find people come in and they have an inability to get into that deep sleep sometimes and what causes that
0: the deep sleep and there's different sleep stages and they're real simple it's one two three four and there's one that's the fifth stage that's called rapid eye movement. It's usually abbreviated REM. And this is actually a deep stage of sleep. And rapid eye movement is when we are in this deep sleep. If we were able to look at you and your eyelids are closed, but we might see your eyes moving all around underneath. And your eyes really are moving a lot. It's like, they don't look like they're asleep to me. (laughs) Rapid eye movement is actually the deep stage four and dropping into a deep stage of sleep. One of the things that you can do, sleep studies, have become easier to do, more affordable. You used to think, well, I need to go have a sleep study and you have to spend the night somewhere. And there's still a place for that, absolutely. We use sleep study kits that are relatively simple to do, and we will put these on a person. They sleep in their own environment, or you put them on yourself. It's gonna measure things like oxygen level when you're sleeping. It's gonna measure breaths. It's gonna help measure sleep stages. How much time was I awake? How long did it take me to fall asleep? And it's going to give you a true picture of, of your sleep. Here's what can happen. Sometimes people will say, because they don't feel rested, they'll say, I didn't sleep at all last night. Well, they usually have slept, in most cases, more than what they realize. It was restless, it wasn't necessarily restful. And so these sleep studies are a way of really looking at, okay was it three hours or six hours or what was really going on? And are you waking up at the same time each night? So this is something that I suggest that a person has done because it really can be insightful.
2: Is it very expensive to do that when you're talking about taking a kit home with you and plugging into it? I've
0: noticed even uh, some dentists that work with sleep apnea and make what we call dental devices actually provide sleep machines and send them home with their patients. One of the first things is the pre-sleep routine. Do we do the same things each night? And I think, okay, what do you do? You wash your face, brush your teeth, you know, whatever you do. Are you doing the same things? And interestingly, in the same order does tend to make a difference.
2: That's pretty cute. It's like being a little kid. You know, we have a four-year-old. <laughs> yes. you, you tuck them in. How many hours do you think an average person needs a night? Is it the eight that we've always been told? It is so
0: interesting. Usually it's no less than seven.
2: What about people who say, oh, I need 10. (laughs) I need nine hours. I just can't feel good unless I get more sleep. Is that too much? I think there's
0: times where you have a growing teenager in your house and we know that they need their lifestyles, not necessarily conducive to the most sleep, but we know the more sleep they have, the better. Mm Mm-hmm. We know that different seasons of life as we get older, actually, we tend to sleep a little less.
2: I know, like my grandma, it, it, it does, they they sleep yeah. less, and she's all right. She's okay with and that. she's okay, yeah. yes. Okay, we've got Sue here with
1: us. Sue, thanks for checking in. Hi. Hi. I thought when I was in my 50s that it was menopause yes. that did me in because I couldn't sleep and I had insomnia. To be honest, I look back now, it was things like having a TV on is not good in your room. And now even like cell phones or or computers, any of that seems to affect me. But I've been reading a lot about sleep and trying to get to bed say at nine o'clock and then get up at five. Some days I just can't fall asleep. And 2 a.m. seems to be the time that I wake up and I heard that that could be a nocturnal drop in blood sugar.
0: Okay, we're gonna look Have at you
1: heard of
0: that. Yes, blood sugar levels, your body, it could be, you know, our, our liver is working at certain times during the night. It could be that, it could be medication issues. So there could be a number of things that shorten that sleep cycle that wake us up. You know, if a person tends to be diabetic or hypoglycemic, you may be on to something.
1: Well, I read a book, Potatoes Not Prozac, Oh it, yes, it, yes, it, it are, you know that book. I do know that's of kind diet, of an old that's
0: kind of an old fun book.
1: And then the Happiness Project with Gretchen Rubin.
0: Oh, boy, you have been reading. She
1: wanted to make good habits. And that's where I got the idea to do uh, the 9 to 5 and then make a journal of what we eat. You know, like you said, what we think. I've been taking lots of notes, so thank you.
0: I am so glad that you are. And you mentioned something that I wanted to share a little bit more with. You mentioned about night and, t- and TVs and screens. There is something now with our mobile devices, our cell phones and those tablets that emits the bl- what we call blue light. And the blue light, actually, this is why there are updates to many of our devices where we can change the blue light emissions automatically on our phone at a certain time. Apple did that. So if you have an iPhone, they've changed where you can set it to 10 o'clock, your screen's going to look different because of this blue light emissions. We know it affects people's sleep. Isn't that interesting? So,
1: you know, for the person that's
0: trying to read a book on a tablet or they're on their device in bed, not only is that stimulating the brain, but it's also the blue light, which can be detrimental.
1: And then to have the room dark. Yes. To help too.
0: Absolutely. I would always go with as dark as I possibly can. And so, okay. Yes, to, to a room. And, you know, there's noises. There's some people that, honestly, they're just lighter sleepers and they hear a noise and they're awake. Or there's seasons for that. It's the mom that hears every noise in the house at night for a child or a baby. There's times where we're more uh, attuned to that. Okay, keep yes, a dark room. That. I like it's, what you're working on. Thank you, Sue.
2: Thank you, Dr. Green.
0: Oh, yes. Thanks, Sue.
2: When you're talking about being a mom or being a dad and having these seasons where your sleep isn't good necessarily because you have to get up because you have to be alert, on alert, is it possible for that to continue after you don't have to be alert anymore when your child gets older but you still have that same adrenaline? And how long does it take you to kind of skew yourself back into a healthy mode?
0: Oh, it is 30 days or longer. It takes a Mm -hmm, while. mm -hmm. Changing our rhythms The shortest period of time would be like 30 days. Wow. It is true, this blue light. So watch what you're doing there with uh, your devices or computer screens. So use this as a guideline. Uh, Most people don't, ah, that doesn't make a big difference. But let's say you're laying in bed and you're answering emails and you're texting. It does make a difference. So one hour before, just say, okay, I'm done. Look at that. One thing we need to look at, though, is, is also room temperature. So Sam, if it's too hot or too cold, what keeps us awake?
2: The being uncomfortable is, <laughs> being is uncomfortable. That, what's the ideal temperature, do you think
0: for, for Well, a it's room? going to be different, but um, too hot tends to be for most people more of a hindrance to sleep. Okay. If you even chilled yourself a little bit you know, an hour before and jump in the what feels like warmer covers, the air and the heat can be for some very important piece to look at.
2: Sleep. Are you getting enough of it, and is the sleep that you get enough to set you up for the day in front of you? Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about how you get a good night's sleep. And if you're challenged with that and you think it may be something you can't quite handle alone, plenty of help for you at the center, Place of Hope, 888
0: You can't sleep. You go, what is wrong with me? And I want you to look at, first of all, what is my self-talk? What am I saying about myself? Like, am I saying what's wrong with me? Is my response. I'm angry. I'm frustrated because here's what begins to happen. We begin to look for blame, either blaming yourself or others for whatever's going on. We may even blame God. One of the things we need to do, and this is why I go back to before your pre-sleep routine, have the journal, the notepad, but at the end of the day, write down any of your loose ends from the day or something you need to do tomorrow. I still do this the old fashioned way. I do it at the office, I rewrite my to-do list and write down those things that are still loose in. I've written them down. I go, okay, I'll be coming back to those tomorrow, <laughs> okay? You may do this at home. So it's it's an hour before bed and just what are my loose ends from the day, jot them down because that way you're not gonna forget it and you don't need to think about it and you can go to that list tomorrow after you wake up. What am I doing as far as food? Am I sitting in front of a screen eating and it's 10 minutes before bedtime? How did you determine your bedtime? Eating before bed, Generally not helpful, and I need to mention too, alcohol. Generally not helpful. If it's wine or alcohol, they're going to drink, and it'll tend to wake them up later. There is such thing as a a sleep hangover.
2: Is that a sugar thing in the middle of the night?
0: It can be a sugar thing, but it's put your brain and your body kind of down. And but then as things wear off, it wasn't a natural way to go. So you wake up and you go ah. It's too early or ah, I don't feel that good. Now, that can be alcohol induced. We also need to look and people forget about their medications. Am I taking a medication that is affecting my sleep?
2: So these are the things you look at. Is it something where it becomes a, a, a vicious cycle? You know, I, where you start to do one thing because you think, well, I can't sleep. So I'm going to have that glass of wine mm-hmm. or I'm so sleepy. I'm going to have an extra cup of coffee the next day. <laughs> yeah. And where you're doing these things to try to keep yourself Mm -hmm. moving and and be able to function but but it sneaks up on you. Do you find that with people?
0: It does sneak up on us. And so we want to look at what are my habits, what are my self care habits that I'm doing. And truly there are those who we need to look who maybe they're waking up during the night and going to the restroom and it's very disruptive to their sleep. So, right, right. Well, an hour before bed or so, are you still drinking a beverage? Right. Are you still go, oh, I didn't drink all my water, so I'm going to drink it all now before I go to bed. You know, and you're asleep an hour and you're off to the restroom and then, you know, it happens throughout the night. So begin to look at wow. that. Wow.
2: Yes. Yeah, there's so many details. What about dreaming? Beth sent you a note. She says, one of my kids keeps having nightmares, wakes up in the middle of the night. We can't figure it out. He doesn't know what the nightmares are about. He's not watching anything that would do this. What else can be causing this? Is this a phase that kids go through?
0: Yes, nightmares and bad dreams are oftentimes a phase. Can be happening during a real growth period. So the body is growing. Sleep is where the body heals itself. And they could have... Just a lot of dreams that seem to be a pattern of nightmares. Yeah, we're going to pray over them. We're going to let them talk about it. They usually need comfort because we can retrain. It's usually a short season, but this is not uncommon.
2: It's good to know. That kind of takes some of the fear out as a parent and the guilt too. Another question about bedding. Sue Lynn says, what about water beds? My husband insists on keeping ours. I want a regular kind of bed. Is there any advice on what kind of bed or what kind of pillows or sleeping positions make the best
0: sleep? Okay. There is a lot on this. If you'll look back, how did you sleep as a small infant and a small toddler? Some people say, I slept on my right side. I slept on my belly. Look and see, and maybe you don't remember, but you're probably doing the same thing you did then.
2: Is that true? That what a person has for their whole life is the sleeping position they they have have for their whole life?
0: They have a favorite sleeping position. It's a part of the cues to put put themselves to sleep. So the infant that always slept on their tummy probably is still doing that as a (laughs) as an adult. Wow. So look at these things. Also look at what am I putting in my mind before I'm going to to bed? And this is important. What am I reading? What am I watching? What is the conversation before bedtime? It's not the time to do a deep, deep conversation. late at night, we tend to be tired and if it's something you're upset about and we need to remember, yes, true, don't let the sun go down on your anchor, but don't save everything up for when you're laying in Mm. bed and trying to have a, a really helpful discussion when you're both in bed. Put the cap on the deep conversations. Turn out the lights. If it's something that's really important, jot it down so you can revisit it. There's comfort in knowing, nope, not gonna forget, we're gonna come back to this. Again, telling ourselves how we are stimulating our mind and what's the last things we're doing before bed. The more we worry about sleep, the more it is an issue.
2: As you just joined us today on Life, Love & Family, sleep. How do you get a better night's sleep? And if you aren't, what are some of the things that could be causing that? You can connect with Dr. Jantz on his website. It is a place of dot com. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the dangers of not enough sleep. I know when you started out in sleep research, you mm. were staying up nights doing the research on people mm-hmm. who had sleep disorders. How does it feel when you don't get enough sleep? What are some of the physical things that can happen? What's the mental track? Yes. How, how do you know you're in the danger zone?
0: you will end up having the symptoms that really mirror depression. So you may find that first of all, I'm really irritable. I'm impatient. I'm looking through the lenses. In other words, the world, my worldview is one that is I'm very frustrated with myself. I'm frustrated and irritable with others. I may easily, if I'm not rested, I can easily pick up offenses. I'm easily hurt because I'm not at my best. So there is a correlation to the symptoms of depression and those of sleep deprivation. It's
2: pretty scary. Are there any physical things that can happen if you don't get enough sleep for a long period of time?
0: There's so much study in this area right now of sleep and potential disease processes that can happen. And uh, we know that, for example, our adrenal glands, which sometimes we think of our stress glands, they produce adrenaline and they produce something else called cortisol which we don't want a lot of that pumping through our body. It's like the sign that I'm over, over, over stressed. And so we're looking at the lack of sleep. How does that affect hormonal levels in mm, our body? Mm-hmm. How does it, there's a chemical in our brain that is really important, it's called serotonin. And this chemical in our brain has to do with regulating mood and sleep cycle. And this is why some people will take things like melatonin and they hear these things are gonna be helpful to them. Really, ultimately, to help raise levels of that chemical in your brain called serotonin, which has a lot to do with mood and regulating sleep.
2: Does it work if you do melatonin or tryptophan or whatever those natural products are?
0: Yep, And tryptophan or tryptophan is one of our amino acids that is important for sleep because ultimately it is a supplier to make that chemical serotonin in our body. Now, we've got a whole medical team, and this is not necessarily my area. I'm not a medical doctor. I work with the the psychological side and the nutritional side. So I'm looking at, is there anything that is happening medically where there could be chemistries out of balance in the brain that we really need to look at? Now, if you have low serotonin and you take tryptophan, this is the, remember the thing about drinking warm milk? hmm yeah. Well, drink some warm milk, you'll go to sleep. Well, heating up the milk releases the tryptophan in it. And that's why that worked. So, if you have low low serotonin, supplementing with the natural could be helpful.
2: Is it okay to do that for a long term? If you take melatonin, and in how much? I mean, do you, do you? Is it okay if you do People it night will use, after night?
0: We'll use that generally for, for for quite some time. Okay, you can always still test it. I still need it, because mm-hmm. yeah, for whatever reason, my body may not be making enough of it, so I need to supplement it.
2: As you get older, does your body make less of it? Melatonin?
0: Yes, most likely for most of us.
2: (laughs) What about other sleeping pills? I know like over-the-counter sleeping pills that you can get uh, like the the Unisoms or or even the prescription ones like Ambien and and stuff like that. If you take that, does it help you get a good rest? And is that a good solution if you really can't sleep?
0: I think those are very short-term solutions. There's times where something has happened and it's been traumatic and you haven't slept for a long time whatever it is and you need something to really help knock you out that's where that can be helpful i like those short short term mm-hmm. now we have people who come to us and they're really it's moved more into an addictive mode like with some of the medications and it's not been helpful So they maybe used it way too long and that's the only thing they've tried
2: and if you get used to it, then is it almost the other way where and it's they, impossible to fall asleep unless I, you have yes, it? Yes, I feel like I've got to
0: have it. And there's that emotional yeah. attachment to it as well. Yeah. Because you're so afraid of not sleeping. I have to have this. Yeah. So sometimes you'll notice that I wake up and you feel refreshed or you feel okay. You go, mm, I feel good today. Other days you wake up and go, I just can't seem to get going. Okay, was this a a night where my brain was starved for oxygen? Was it a night where I ate late? Was it a night where there was alcohol at all? What did I do that really made me groggy the next day? Mm -hmm. And there are, if you think about it, usually we can pinpoint a few things.
2: What do you think about napping? If you take a couple naps during the day or one nap during the day, is that beneficial at all, have you found, with your clients?
0: There is so much out there on napping now. Even in college campuses, there's some that have put in They're like napping rooms. Well, actually, the studies are showing that when we rest a bit and come back, we're much more refreshed. And uh, some of the high-tech kind of work, the concentration is a little high to take a break, rest a bit, and then go. And people usually will do very well. So there is something to be said about napping for some that seems really helpful.
2: It makes you less crabby. (laughs) uh, That's a good thing.
0: Look at sleep as... A puzzle, and you've got the puzzle almost done, but there could be five or six or eight different pieces that you're going, where do these go? That's what we're doing with sleep. We're going to, where right. are my missing pieces to the puzzle? And as you put them all together, time passes and it can make a big difference.
2: Do you have any words for someone who's been suffering with insomnia for a long time and, and they're hearing your voice and they're thinking, you know, there, there is hope? What, what would you say to that person?
0: I would say there is hope. Let's keep working on it till we get all the missing pieces to the puzzle and it's probably nothing about you, so stop blaming yourself and let's get the right resources to put those pieces in. There is hope. There's times we need more help to really look at what are those missing pieces to my puzzle and how do I get it all back together? I want you to make note of this phone number. It's a number to call for help. 888-771-5166. That number again is 888-771-5166. Find out what is available from the whole person perspective for true healing. Thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. You can visit our website at lifeloveandfamily.net.
1: Life, Love, and Family.
2: It's a rescue story, and it's a story of faith. Dan was so depressed, all he could do was lay in bed. He had the shades drawn. He never left his house. He couldn't even talk to his 13-year-old son. And his wife, she knew that God had healing for them. Even though he had tried all different kinds of therapy, all different kinds of medications, she knew there was something out there. She says as soon as she saw the website at aplaceofhope.com, she knew that that was gonna be the key to her husband Dan's healing, and it was. The whole person approached. It didn't just treat him with medicine, not just with therapy, but his entire body and his spirit healed at the center a Place of Hope. Dan's been healed a year now. His family restored his life back. And you can get your life back, too, if you've been struggling with depression. Make that phone call today, 888-771-5166. 888-771-5166. The center, a place of hope.